From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Revealing. We thank you for joining us once again this week. We hope you have uh, had a blessed week. Uh, We definitely have. Uh, We have been Uh, talking here uh, in the book of Ephesians, and we are going to continue that. So we hope you get prepared for that with your Bible, uh, maybe a pen and some paper, and um, just sit back and um, join us as we search the scriptures. Uh, We are going to be um, continuing in the next two chapters here with uh, Pastor Frank Salvaggio and Chris Wing uh, and myself. We will be continuing uh, in chapters three and four. Uh, We've Finished up last week in chapter two. Uh, Brother Chris um, has led us in those discussions over the last couple weeks, and we hope you've been blessed by that. We sure have, and we are excited to jump into chapters three and four. Uh, probably um, the book of Ephesians, um, not probably, uh, as far as the church is concerned, uh, I, we would say uh, the, the most uh, critical book in understanding uh, in our New Testaments. Um, what this... Um, in inst- institution, this or- organism, uh, th- this body of Christ, what we are, why we are, uh, what our purpose is, um, why do we do church? Um, who are we as the church? What is our purpose? Uh, is it to uh, go to service um, once or twice a week and and um, maybe do a Bible study here and there and 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 check off certain. Uh, little Christian boxes that we like to do, um, none of those things being bad in and of themselves, but it, it, is that just the purpose of what we're supposed to be doing, just going to church, or is there something about being the church, about being the hands and feet of Christ? And when we think about the church, um, we find in what we're going to discuss in just a few moments, we'll see is that these um, these pages in the book of Ephesians tell us, Paul tells us that this this thing of the church was at one time a mystery, and uh, we're going to spend a, a good uh, deal of time talking about that, um, so I don't want to get too far ahead. Um, but if it was a mystery, and Ephesians is revealing that, um, and we are the revealing, um, then that means at one point it was veiled, or, or it was not revealed. And mm-hmm. and so when you think about the Old Testament, you know, if you if you were living in those days, and or if you could just be transported back to those days, and and you found Moses or David, um, any of those guys, and he said, "Man, isn't it great to be to be part of the body of Christ and in the church? And and this is a cool thing to be grafted in and all that." And they would look at you like you were, well, I would say speaking Hebrew, but they'd understand that, <laughs> uh, like you just fell off your rocker. They would have no idea what you're talking about because it hadn't been revealed. It wasn't until the Apostle Paul came along, um, even in the early uh, pages and, and days of the book of Acts, um, still still a mystery there. Um, the kingdom was still being offered to Israel, and and um, the Lord was still, in his mercy and long-suffering, uh, giving them a time to repent and to, to uh, trust in Christ as their Messiah. Um, so, uh, we, and we've talked about this here, there was a transition that took place in the book of Acts, and and so uh, <clears throat> this is well after that transition, and, and Paul here in the book of Ephesians is is writing on some of these things. So um, if you are a, a believer, um, you are saved, and you are a part of the New Testament church, the body of Christ, and this is an all-important conversation um, that, that we ought to have and understand, um, because if not, then we're just kind of, as those Israelites were, guys, I guess we're just wandering aimlessly around, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Just kind of doing life and, you know, taking things as they come and whatnot. So, anyways, uh, let's jump into this. Um, uh, in any particular uh, place that we want to start, we're gonna, I think we'll just kind of go through the chapter. Chapter 3 is our focus today. Um, so, Pastor Frank, do you want to, to, to jump in there, or Chris? Oh, sure, I can uh, start off by reading an introduction of the verse there in uh, chapter 3 and verse 1, which says that for this t- a cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, and then he goes into verse 2, but uh, in verse 1, I'd like to point out kind of something that jumped out to me, we were just thinking about it, as this word prisoner, and how 
a lot of people tend to askew what that means, thinking that we're like slaves for, to Christ. And, uh, you know, the difference between a prisoner and a slave is, is, is a vast uh, thing, and it can, it can lead to lots of uh, false thinking. And so when people read that, they tend to think things uh, differently than they ought to. And uh, the difference between a prisoner and a slave is, is, is big deal. A slave is somebody who doesn't have a choice uh, in anything. And there's a big group of people out there who like to believe that people don't have free will and choice. And, uh, you know, so a slave is somebody who is bondage. in bondage without choice. And a prisoner is somebody who is in bondage against their or against their will. And uh, this epistle is actually a prison epistle. So when Paul says that, I, the prisoner, he's actually a prisoner. He's, he's being held captive when he's at this time when he's writing this. So uh, there's a big difference there. People like to, and you, you got to know what that, what that means. And, uh, and how it's how it's read that that he was actually a prisoner when he was is writing this, and of course he is the apostle to the Gentiles, so that's what he's speaking to here. He says, "I a prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles." So because of what his calling was and how Jesus called him to be the apostle to the Gentiles, it, it brought him under a lot of scrutiny, if you will, from his own people, and he was persecuted probably more heavily, even more than the the, the other apostles were, which they were all were, but because he was preaching. Uh, Jesus to the Gentiles, and, and it was a huge uh, problem for for even uh, the the other fellow Jews of his. And he was a, a Pharisee, and he was a Jew of Jews, and so he was the greatest persecutor of the church before ever uh, becoming who he was. And so I think that we need to understand that for him to do what he's doing, and the persecution that he underwent because of that, um, is what caused him to end up in prison to begin with. Um, and so just know the difference between what a prisoner is and what a slave is. And because and, a lot of people tend to, to use the Bible to say that God is pro-slavery and he's most definitely not. A lot of war uh, over that. <laughs> he certainly did. Um, it, it's just, a, it's one of those other things that people can misconstrue when it comes to the Bible. They take, just because then we say it all the time, words have meanings, words are important. We need to know what those words mean. Even something simple like slave or prisoner, you know, we haven't gotten into the big words here, like dispensation, which we're going to probably talk about here. But, um, just those simple little things can, can turn the context, uh, backwards very, very quickly. Um, and so we need to understand that Paul actually was a prisoner when he wrote this. And, um, the reason for that, uh, was is important as well so it definitely sets the stage yeah Yeah, you know interesting enough chris as you're saying that um if you have a king james bible one thing you're going to know about that word slave it's actually only used twice in the bible um and both times uh if you look at it in its context uh it is true to the word um the talking about uh bondage being in bondage to something and certainly we are uh, a slave to sin I'll, 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 I'll grant you that. Uh, there's no doubt about that. We are in bondage to sin, uh, but we are not in bondage uh, or a slave uh, to Christ. We are a servant of Christ, mm-hmm. and a servant uh, does have a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yes, he was a prisoner against his will, uh, not forcing his will. Those are two different things, and, mm-hmm. and that's why we're making such a, a big deal over that, uh, because it is important. Okay, so let's uh, man, let's just jump right in here with yeah. uh, and, and there was something that caught my eye in verse two, and I hope we can speak on this. He talks about the dispensation of grace. Yeah, yeah, and we mentioned that I think in, in a couple episodes in the past. We obviously in the Ephesians, but obviously he's mentioning it here. So, so yeah. maybe we can definitely. Talk oh, about we're that. definitely going to hit mm-hmm. that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just kind of real quick, not recap, but just kind of set the stage. So here we are. Uh, Paul is writing this epistle. Uh, and as he's writing it, the whole point of him writing this epistle is he wants to make known a mystery that was made known to him, uh, and he's revealing it. And, you know, uh, if I can just say this, as the first two chapters go, uh, he's kind of setting it up. And when we get to chapter three, it, this is like the... the, the uh, Holy Grail of understanding the church. So this is a pivotal, pivotal chapter. If if you have any aspirations of understanding what the church is, who we are in the church, what the purpose of the church is, uh, and and in any way, shape, or form, uh, you must start here. Mm-hmm. You don't start in Acts chapter two. 
that's not the place you go. Well, that's when the church was born. I, I think we could probably argue that oh. point. Although there was a church in Acts chapter 2, I wouldn't call it the church that's being revealed here in Ephesians, the Gentile church. What was going on in Acts, Acts chapter 2, uh, uh, truthfully, right up through Acts chapter 7, going into Acts chapter 8 even, uh, is, is, is very Jewish. Uh, everything is uh, focused on the apostles and the Jews. Um, as you move into... Acts chapter nine, uh, the the gentleman who's writing this book right now, Saul, mm-hmm. uh, he 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 is converted into Christianity, and by the way, his salvation is very different than ours. Uh, the way way he came to Christ is very different than the way we come to Christ. So, uh, take note of that. Um, and then, you know, uh, as we look at pa- the life of uh, Paul and we look at uh, uh, what he did, uh, you know, he didn't go to the apostles and get his information. The other 11, uh, 12, excuse me, they had already uh, called Matthias by then. Um, what he did is, and what happened was, he was called into Arabia. And if you were to go to Galatians chapter 1, you'll, you'll see uh, where that took place. And he spent time in Arabia with Christ. And it was during that time he received the message of the gospel that we understand today. The apostles did not know that gospel prior to Paul going into Arabia. Uh, and, and I think that is so critical to understand. Uh, just last Thursday uh, at our church, we were talking uh, about uh, 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 the life of Christ. Uh, Pastor Billy Wood is teaching a, 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 a lesson or a class in our LFBI network, uh, Living Faith Bible Institute. And um, he's teaching on a class, the Life of Christ, and he he did the the uh, class live from our church on on Thursday, and we were talking about, um, you know, how uh, within the life of Christ, uh, uh, the message that was being propagated during the life of Christ, and then even right after the life of Christ, uh, had everything to do with the coming of a kingdom, and that kingdom was the kingdom of heaven, which is a literal physical kingdom where Jesus was going to sit on the throne. But after the Jews rejected the kingdom, ultimately by killing Stephen. Stephen, thank you. I wanted to say Philip. I knew that wasn't right. Uh, Stephen in Acts chapter 7, the transition in Acts starts to take place. Prior to that, uh, it was baptism in, in the River Jordan for the remission of sin. Now Paul comes on the scene. He goes and meets up with Christ, and now all of a sudden he's learning that what happened at that cross isn't just for remission. It's actually for forgiveness of sin, and that's a completely different thought process. Uh, remission means it's still there, and it can come back. Forgiveness means as far as east is the west, nailed to the cross, ordinance is taken out of the way, Mm-hmm. We're done. So let me ask you this: uh, for the remission of sins, um, was that something that had to have happened on a regular basis? Was that a um, a, a we're not really told in conjunction with offering, you know, the offerings and the sacrifices that had to be done? Or uh, what I would say is the whole purpose of John's baptism, remission of sin. It, it, it didn't even have anything to do with getting rid of your sin. It was confessing of your sin to prepare mm-hmm. yourself for the coming of Messiah. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It's getting getting your heart ready. Messiah's coming. Okay. King's coming. So it could have been a one-time thing. Sure. Or it could have been a, a, a regular occurrence, yeah. I guess. So it kind of hints back to that old tabernacle. Yeah, again, I was huh? going to say, that's where you start to tie in all that tabernacle mm-hmm. stuff. And you know that's what they were under. They were under the law. And uh, so now here comes Paul. And Paul's getting a completely different message, if you will. Uh, and 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 what's happening here is the kingdom of God's being instituted in its full course, and Paul is is not an apostle to the the the, the circumcised; mm-hmm. he's an apostle to the uncircumcised. Galatians mm-hmm. chapter two, and what the, the, that that's the Gentile, mm-hmm. and and here he is; he's revealing something that had never been revealed before. He it was a mystery before the foundation of the earth. It was a plan put in place by God before the foundation of the earth, but nobody knew this plan. Nobody knew this was going to be put into effect until Paul. And I, would, I want to make mention that it's important that we understand why we can call him the Apostle Paul and why he calls himself that, uh, because you mentioned the reason why. You know, in Acts chapter 1, um, verse 21, we find the qualifications of an apostle, yep. right? And um, because of his 
experience with Christ, both as an enemy of Christ, but also with this time after he was saved that he received this revelation, uh, this is why he could be called biblically an apostle. Sure. Um, no, he wasn't one of the original 12. But he, he, was, he was probably there. Oh, absolutely, and at that's the, what I'm saying. At the baptism of John, he, yeah, as as the enemy or as a Pharisee, as as a, right? as, as a keeper of the law, if you will. Um, so, God knew what He was doing, and yeah. that's why we can call Him. The, and that's important because today people are calling themselves apostles, and and they're not biblically. Um, but I'm just thinking, as you brought up the fact that He was He re- received this revelation from Christ in these three years. I mean. How is he able to write all this if he, you know, he's a brand new Christian, so to speak, and you know he 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 was an enemy of the cross and an enemy of the gospel? Well, the Lord took him and not only revealed himself on the road to Damascus, but also three years thereafter. So, yeah, and 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 you know, another part of that requirement of an apostle is you had to see the Lord, the resurrected Christ, right. and Paul obviously he did on the road to Damascus, and he says right there in First Corinthians nine one. Uh, Paul says, am I not an apostle? Mm. Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? There you go. Amen. Right, And are not ye my work in the Lord? He understood what it meant to be an apostle. Yeah, to say you're an and, apostle. And so he certainly um, uh, yeah. hit the qualifications for it as well. Yeah, and, and his apostleship, if you will, was was not a well received thing in the oh, beginning sure there not. because they were like, you know, this is this is Saul who was who was persecuting the church and he was persecuting, you know, and then for him to have the conversion he, he had, like I said, was it, it it's a big deal because not only did he have this new message uh, and this mystery that's being going to be revealed to him, but um, you know, he was bringing it to a whole entirely different group of people that the Jews didn't care for the Gentiles. Sure. They and you know him and even him and Peter had some. Something this you know back and forth about that. Well, that's that's what Acts chapter ten was all yeah. about. It was God showing Peter, and Peter wasn't quite getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so all right. So let's kind of uh, jump in here because there's a, a bunch of stuff that we want to make sure we uh, we talk about here. So verse two says, "If you have heard the dispensation of grace of God, which is given me to you, word." And so here's here's here we go. Okay, we're we're jumping into this uh, idea. Uh, uh, Robert, you mentioned it earlier, and I think Chris, you did as well. Uh, dispens- he, he says that uh, if you've heard the dispensation of the grace of God. Uh, so again, uh, let me reiterate, chapter three is a pivotal pivotal chapter. We've got to make sure we understand what's going on here because it's, 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 it's kind of putting the church uh, as we know it today uh, in its place. Um, what is a dispensation? All right, so I know a lot of people would like to say that uh, the Bible doesn't teach dispensations, dispensations this, dispensations that. It wasn't until the 1800s that they started teaching dispensations. I, I guess I'm going to argue all of that, and I'm going to say no. Uh, when Paul penned this book, uh, they were talking about dispensations because he says the dispensation of grace. Okay, Matter of fact, he uses that word dispensation four times. He's already used it in this book once. And in this book, when he used it the first time, uh, he used it in such a way, and I believe that was verse uh, 10 in chapter 1, if I'm correct, Mm -hmm. right? He said, in the dispensation of the fullness of times. So the dispensation of fullness of times and the dispensation of grace, uh, he's using two different words. So that means there's two different things. So that means there's at least, at at minimum, (laughs) two different dispensations, Okay, so th- there must this must be a time period of some sort, and there must be some kind of uh, uh, something different going on. Uh, so if you don't believe in dispensations, I would just say, do people in the Old Testament get saved the same way as people get saved in the New Testament? Listen, there's going to be a whole lot of people that think that that is true. We're going to find out in chapter 3 that is not true. <laughs> okay, uh, there's no way they could have. Or chapter, we got to rip chapter three out of the Bible of Ephesians. Can you repeat that for emphasis? Yeah. Uh, People in the Old Testament did not get saved the same way as people do in the New Testament. If they did, tear chapter three out of the Bible because of Ephesians, Mm -hmm. because it it just doesn't make any sense anymore. You've got it. You lost it. You'll hear people say things like this. Uh, In the Old Testament, they were looking forward to the cross. In the New Testament, we're looking back to the cross. Listen. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it, man, because that's just the way I am, right? <laughs> that's blasphemy. That is false. That is incorrect. There's no way those Old Testament saints could have looked forward to the cross. Because if they could, again, I'm going to reiterate, 
chair chapter tear no don't chair it tear chapter three of Ephesians out of the Bible because chapter three is going to make the point that they didn't know <laughs> okay so okay what is a dispensation we've talked about dispensations in this in this podcast before so we're not going to reiterate that I would highly suggest that you go back and listen to those messages but just for the sake of uh, throwing it out there and just kind of make it as simple as we can you know there's all kinds of ways we can define it, but let's just say it like this. It's the way God deals with his people at different times. It's the way he dispenses his grace to different people at different times. The way he dispenses grace to the uh, to the Israelites is different than the way he dispenses, dispenses his grace to the Gentiles. It's obvious. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, anybody, just, just a casual reader of the Bible, can see that. Mm-hmm. And if I could just add in addition to that, it's it's how he dispenses his grace to different people at different times to fulfill his plan, his mission, right? His purpose. His purpose. <laughs> and it's been, that never changes, though the people and the times do, sure. how he sure. accomplishes sure. it. Sure. The no plan doubt. never changes. And and if you're a, a, a Bible student and you have a strong um, concordance and you and you look that, that look up that word, um, the four times that you say it's mentioned, uh, you will see uh, it is just what you're saying. As as I, I like how you put it in layman's terms, just to, the, the the basics of it. Um, it's an administration. Mm-hmm. It, it's a stewardship. You know, as mm-hmm. you how God is administering His grace, um, how He is dealing with His people at various times, and, and um, that's not grasping the straws because you can clearly see again just by a casual looking at the scriptures how he dealt with the Old Testament, with Israel, it's differently than how he deals with, with the church or in the New Testament. Major differences, um, glaring, uh, obvious ones. And and so it's, it's very evident, yeah. Sure. And a lot of, a lot of um, I think, a lot of our uh, maybe uh, Calvinist friends or Reformed uh, believers will, um, will, will, will argue dispensations. Um, but again, the word's in the Bible, yeah. and it's there, obviously, so... Yeah, so he's so so, and so. Why is he throwing this out here in this chapter? Again, uh, as I've say, uh, stated, you know, this chapter is the revealing; it is the uh, uh, unraveling of the mystery that he's been talking about for two chapters. Okay, okay? Mm-hmm. he he's about to he's about to lay the hammer down, if I can say it like that. Okay, and, and so that hammer, this 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 this. Uh, uh, revelation he's about to reveal uh, this mystery that he's about to reveal is the dispensation of grace okay so so get that there was no dispensation of grace in the old testament Mm -hmm. so there is no doctrine of grace that's that's blah (laughs) okay No, I like that word. We're, 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 we are living in a period of time that the Bible emphatically states right here in chapter three, if we just read it as it says it in the dispensation of grace. And he says that this dispensation uh, uh, was given to me. Who? Paul. Paul. So anybody prior to Paul did not know this. And he's going to make that point very clear in this chapter. Right, and now he's saying uh, that how by revelation he Christ made known to me the mystery, and he says, and look what he says here: as I wrote a four in few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So, in other words, Paul's saying I wrote this before. I gave you a little heads up on this before. Well, when did Paul give us a little heads up on this before? Well, he wrote another book prior to Ephesians called Romans, probably about three or four, maybe five years before this. And at the end of Romans, in chapter 16, verse, uh, I believe it's 25, yep, he says this, now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, Paul's got his own gospel? Well, that's pretty... No, it's the gospel that Christ gave to Paul. That's why he's calling it my God. Is would would Paul's gospel be different than the apostles? What they were preaching's gospel, mm-hmm. the gospel of the kingdom. You think that might have been different? Uh, it was. Mm-hmm. Stop making it the same thing. This is why Paul's saying it's my gospel, and, and he says, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret. Since the world began. So those Old Testament people could not have been 
How could they be looking forward to a secret? <laughs> Listen, man, you can't get past what Scripture Where actually Where is that? Says. Is that Romans? Romans 16, 25. Romans 16, 25. Okay. And so now what Paul's saying is, okay, now, now I'm going to reveal to you what that secret was. Here, let me help you out. And that's what he's doing here in chapter number three. And he goes in verse five. Now watch, look what he says here. That secret, my gospel, the dispensation of grace, the mystery that he's getting ready to unreal. Look what he says in verse five, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. Mm. Y'all hear that? Mm-hmm. Pretty clear. It's pretty clear. Nobody in the Old Testament could have been looking forward to the cross. It wasn't made known. And share that verse again. That was Ephesians 3, 5. 3, 5. It wasn't known. My gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, according to Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul's gospel, that's my gospel, was not made known until now. So, please, if you go to Acts chapter 2, do you think you got a problem? Is that the beginning of the church? I'm going to say that was the beginning of the Jewish church, Mm -hmm. but the gospel that we're preaching now is not the same gospel that was being preached during Acts chapter two. Of course, Paul wasn't on the scene yet; he wasn't called to be a uh, uh, an apostle yet. Yeah. So come on, all we have to do is just look at this because Paul clearly says here at the beginning of the chapter he's the apostle of the Gentiles. So we just got to look at this and just go. Well, if we rightly divide the book right. There's no doubt about it. So a minute ago, you mentioned uh, this doctrine of grace. You said blah. It's blah, right? Yeah. You mentioned it. Okay, so th- there is something called the doctrine of grace. Yes. Um, it, it, and just for our listeners, this is covenant theology? Yes. Is that that's what I okay. Well, it, it ties into Calvinism and covenant okay. theology. Sure. C- can you briefly explain that? Um, just like, because cause it, it, you said in the God's Old Testament. God's grace is the same to all people during all times. It's God picks and chooses who gets to go to heaven, who doesn't, things like that. Okay, you know, it, it, you know because would, God, God does show grace in the Old Testament, no, no doubt. But but this thing of but it's the doctrine kind, of but it's grace, but a different kind of grace is, he's showing in the Old yeah, Testament. It's, well, you, it's not the same. No. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So in the Old Testament, did did people get the Holy Ghost inside of them to give know. and empower them to do uh, the work of the Lord? No. You just go to Psalm fifty-one. To the the Holy Spirit came upon people and left. Um, no doubt, I, I think and nobody would argue that the Holy Ghost was part of God's grace to us. No doubt about that. Sure. So, but if the Old Testament people didn't get the Holy Ghost inside of, matter of fact, the Holy Ghost isn't even mentioned in the Old Testament. So mm-hmm. now what? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, only the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. In you your say, King James, Bible. And we might, and we might, we, you know, someone might say, "Oh, you're, you're 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 just drawing straws." It means the same thing. Mm-hmm. If it meant the same thing, why didn't you use the same word? And we're not saying there are two different, you know, it's it's one different off function yes, of the one, same person. Still a Trinity. We're not talk, like we're not this. preaching a fourfold. Right. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like this. It's like this, right? So, am I a father? Right. I have a couple kids. Am I a husband? Is my role as a husband the same as my role as a father? Mm-hmm. Am I a pastor? Right. See, we all we, we have different functions and different roles. But we're talking about the same person. But you're one. Mm-hmm. But, right. So, uh, okay. So, okay. So, in other ages was made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Now watch. Now he's going to tell us what it is. What was it that was not made known, but is now being made known? That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Uh, we could go back to uh, 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 Genesis chapter 12, when God made a promise to Abraham. Uh, that's why we call that the Abrahamic covenant or the uh, dispensation of promise, if you remember we talked about it. Why? God had made a promise that through Abraham, all nations would be blessed. Okay, but we didn't know and nobody knew at that time what that promise was going to entail. Now we're knowing what that promise is entailing. D- through the loins of Abraham, did Jesus come? Yeah, absolutely. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot the 12 tribes. Of amongst those 12 tribes was Judah. Where did Jesus most evidently come from? Yep, that's the tribe it. of Judah. Mm. So he came from that and did Jesus bless all nations mm-hmm. he did but but we didn't know that until now 
It's being revealed now. Right. Nobody in that Old Testament knew that. Nobody understood it. Nobody got that. Uh, uh, now look at verse seven. Wherefore I, Paul says, was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. Man, listen, if I wanted a proper understanding of the word grace, I would circle that verse right there and I would plant on it and I would pay attention to it because it is giving you what the proper, uh, 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 it is giving you a really, really great uh, uh, definition of what grace is. And what verse is that? Verse uh, seven of verse uh, of chapter three. Okay. And what he's saying, number one is he says, I, I was made a minister. Uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, what is ministry? Mm. Well, you know, we got to make sure we define words biblically and not the way we have been uh, exposed to in, 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 in many churches today, because I'm telling you, it's wrong. Ministry is about the two things that are eternal, the word of God and the souls of men. This has every, what he's talking about right now has everything to do with the revelation of the word of God, revealing what the word of God is saying to what? To the souls of men. And he's saying, I was made a minister according to the gift. And by the way, grace is a gift. Yes, absolutely. You just don't get it. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is a gift that comes after salvation. And what is the purpose of the gift? By the effectual working of his power. That gift works in you in power to give you the ability to do ministry. That's what grace is, man. This is now listen. Noah found grace. To, to, do, to what? do what God had called him to do. Yeah, see, that's go, what go, grace really go is. Build, go build that ark. Yeah. Because he knew that judgment was coming. Paul, Paul hits up on the same idea over here in Colossians chapter, what is it? One, I think. Where where is it that he's talking about when Paul talks about um, um, <clears throat> warning all men? Yeah, look, watch, look at Colossians one twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Watch how this all goes. Or verse Colossians one verse twenty five. Watch how this all ties together. Comparing scripture to scriptures is a beautiful thing, folks. Look at this. Colossians one twenty five says, "Wherefore I am made a minister, according to the dispensation of God." Wow, this sounds like an awful lot like we just read over here, uh, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. There's your ministry, right? To fulfill the word of God. Two things, souls of men and the word of God, right? Are the two mm-hmm. things eternal, right? Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, but now is manifest to his saints. Well, that sounds like Ephesians 3 right now. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. You want to know what the purpose is? There's, there's, there's a nice little verse right there. Which is in, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Mm, amen. Now watch, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect, mature. In Christ Jesus, wherefore, or whereunto I also labor, striving according to the working which worketh in me mightily. That is the grace of God, the gift given to me to effectually work in his power. You compare scripture with scripture, man. You let the Bible teach us, and man, the things we'll learn. And, and that's what's important about grace is that, it, 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 first of all, it's a gift. God gives it. Gives it in measure, and when you become a part of this church, you get the you get that that gift of grace. But what it is is what what he's been saying. If you can wrap it all up, is that gift the grace is something God gives you the ability to do something you could not do before. And of course, it's by His power. And what is the power of God? And listen, it's the where we Jesus given Christ. that by His love? Absolutely, no questions asked. No, I am not going to argue that point at mm-hmm. all. But if you just plant right there, you've completely messed up. Absolutely, you know. And a lot of people like here is where a lot of people kind of get messed up, man. Grace is not mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. That's love. That's the love that we've turned into grace. We just kind of go, oh, well, I'm saved by grace. That's what we, whoa, whoa, time out. No, what, what, what you're describing is the mercy of God. Don't just sit there and because you do something wrong or whatever, just sit there and sit back and go, I'm just saved by grace. Because what you're doing by saying that is you're saying, well, I just made a mistake. I did something stupid. Well, thank the Lord. I'm just saved by grace. Whoa, time out. That wasn't why you got the grace so that you can just continue to be the sinner you used to be. Romans 2, I mean, uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. 10. Mm-hmm. No, no. You were saved to be a workman. 
That's what the grace is. You're describing mercy. You, yeah, you just did something wrong and thank the Lord. The Lord isn't going to see that. That's his mercy that did that. That's his long suffering that did that. We, we just have messed stuff up, man. And it's sad, but here we are. Paul's setting us straight on everything. Mm. He's giving us what we need to know. Now, and then, now, lest that puff anybody up, uh, lest knowledge puff someone up, Paul, look what he says in verse 8. I love what he does here. He says, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints. <laughs> he said, hey, I have been given a great privilege to share this information to you, but do not think I'm better than you. I'm least of all saints. And he says, uh, uh, is this grace given? What grace? What, why was it given? Look what it says there. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. The grace was given so that he could do what? Mm. Preach. Mm -hmm. Christ. It wasn't so that he could sit there and go, well, by the grace of God, I'm saved. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Uh, listen, that is, that is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is not biblical. And in verse eight right there. I mean, it is biblical. We are a sinner saved by grace, but don't, that you don't, that's not something. where the period is. Yeah, unto something. <laughs> There's more to yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and verse eight right there, um, just what a um, much needed message for, no for us in Laodicea. Yeah. Um, just needing a big old dose of humble pie. Amen. You know, I mean, Paul, who was given the revelations here and uh, of Christ, and um, who, who um, saw and witnessed these things, a man brought to the third heaven, and um, through which the Spirit of God he penned uh, the, these letters to the churches and all these things, and, and uh, just next to, uh, just under the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we probably use His name when talking about the New Testament. You know, Paul wrote this. Paul said this. But still, just what what you know, all of this that I might just preach Christ. So, what 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 a thing? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes me think of John chapter three and verse thirty, yeah. where it says, "He must increase, but I must decrease." Mm. If anybody knew that that spirit of humility, aside from Jesus being the most uh, humble, um, Paul definitely took a page from that book to be like uh, Christ and and what he did. He he and he said mo more than once in, in his epistles that he is the le you know he talks about himself being the the least of uh, of the apostles, the least of uh, you know the saints, and and he he definitely was. Uh, a very uh, humble. He mm. went from being somebody who was very proud to somebody very uh, humble, and uh, so that that uh, that verse in John again yeah. applies to that practical message you were just saying there, uh, Pastor Robert, about he must increase and I must decrease. Less mm. of us, more of him. Uh, Paul certainly knew that. Now, now, I want you to see something here, guys. This is cool. This is why you just got to bow to the book. Honestly, you just do. All right. So Paul, quite a few times, you hear him say things like. Follow me as I follow Christ, mm. right? In other words, don't don't follow. Obviously, right here he's telling us, I'm nothing special, but he says, follow me as I follow Christ. All right. So obviously, Paul and the Holy Spirit is directing us to to uh, look at Paul's life as an example to us. He's revealing the church. He's 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 explaining how uh, he, he's already explained the blessings that this uh, church is going to provide to us through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Back in chapter one. He he talked in chapter two how we used to be these sinners, uh, now we're we're not, but now right um, again that's the whole reason why I say don't, don't 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 I'm just a sinner saved by grace and you were a sinner saved by grace then now start acting like the saint you're supposed to be mm -hmm. that's the rest of Ephesians okay uh, so so now watch what he does here Paul's giving us an example of what we should be doing watch unto me who am less than the least of all saints. Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ? Do you think maybe we should be preaching amongst the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ? Yeah, man. Watch. And to make how many men? All men. What does that say right there? Mm -hmm. All men. Well, why am I going to make all men see if only a few are chosen? Uh oh. Well, we got a problem here. <laughs> and to make all men see what? What is the fellowship? of the mystery, 
which from the beginning of the world had been hitting God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Well, there's an emphatic Jesus is God statement right there. I thought God created the heaven and the earth. Okay. Listen, what he's saying is, is it is our job to make the world know the unsearchable riches of Christ, to make all men understand the fellowship of the mystery. What is the fellowship of the mystery? What is fellowship? Mm. What is it? Relationship. Not only with one another, which he's going to make that point very clear, but also our relationship with him. Mm. Okay, we, we're, it's a fellowship. It's not that you just know him. It's, and Paul says this, it's not that, and then he goes, oh, excuse me, but that he knows you, okay? And, and he's saying, listen, the grace that was given to me is so that I could preach the unsearchable riches of Christ, so that I could preach the fellowship of the mystery. Well, listen, it, okay, if you're a sinner saved by grace, then you better be able to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ and the fellowship of the mystery. And if you don't know what that means, if you don't understand what that means, then maybe I might suggest you have not exercised what grace really actually is in your life. Mm. Can I just uh, can I just say that without being um, 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 mean about it? It's just the reality of it. And look, then he tells us in verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, and by the way, those principalities and powers in heavenly places, uh, the, those are Satan and his uh, uh, uh uh, false apostles and demons and things like that, okay? Mm. And that th- th- they would know the manifold wisdom of God as well. They didn't even know it. They didn't even see it. And I'm listen, here's the thing I'm going to say. Satan, Satan's had this book long before we did, and he's had 6,000 years to ponder on this thing. And up to this point here, he didn't even know it. He didn't even see it. And now watch. And he says, now, and to make all men know what the fellowship of the mystery is, which was hid from the beginning of the world, and the unsearchable riches of Christ, according to what? Mm. The eternal purpose, mm. which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You want to know why Jesus came? You want to know what his purpose was? You want to understand what the purpose in the church is? You find it through Christ Jesus, our Lord, who is our wisdom. Amen. Amen. This is so. You want to say something? I was just. I was just going to say if you're going to finish that thought, but I, I just think about um, churches, uh, pastors, leaders who, who, who um, you know, try to cast vision or try to mm. um, <clears throat> make a, a statement about the the mission and the vision and the purpose of. You know that particular local church, New New Testament church, whatever, and it, it's it's anything but what it's to be biblically. Um, <clears throat> just like when ch- churches are looking for pastors, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. How you know they're, they're looking see that in chapter four. They create yeah, they create a resume mm-hmm. of qualification or a, a list of qualifications, and they're looking for resumes that really don't have any bearing on. Um, what a pastor is supposed to be, as outlined in Scripture. Same with with how churches uh, operate today. Um, it it very much mirrors um, marketing agencies and, and, and advertising. You know, how can we build our kingdom, our brand, our exactly, and it's, not his kingdom, our kingdom. Yeah, and the bigger the buildings, and the more people, mm-hmm. and the louder the music, or mm-hmm. the the more events, and mm-hmm. all of that it equates success. In Laodicea today, and to God it doesn't. Absolutely not. And so, um, man, it just You're right. to be able to see churches that whose heart after uh, is after His heart when it comes to our purpose. Can I offer this? If you want to have a vision and a mission statement for your church, the best thing you could do is just copy chapter three and put it on your website. That's easy. <laughs> and there you go. You got you got it. Now, couple, now you got it. A couple of clicks of the mouse. And, and you would be cor- <laughs> You would now be correct mm-hmm. because this is where our vision and our purpose come. Yeah. Our vision. And then do one, it. And then who, do it. Who died for Christ? For the church? Who died for Christ? Who, anybody? No. What, oh, the, oh, it's Jesus who died, right? And what did he die for? The church. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, it's definitely one of the things he died for, for sure. 
right? So who do you think? He said, who's the one that's supposed to build this church? He is. Isn't that what he said over there, Matthew? I will will build my church. church. Stop, stop, stop building, trying to build his church. Mm -hmm. Because if you try to build his church, you are going to build your own kingdom. That's why I have such a hard problem with many things that I'm seeing in churches today. Well, I mean, again, we're living in the day of Laodicea, and what, what does he say about that church at Laodicea? The door's shut because he's on the outside knocking, trying to get in. Oh, Wouldn't that's it just not really be something? what that verse is saying, yeah. though, Chris. That's a salvation verse. Oh, hey, yeah. yeah, right. No, it's not. Yeah. Revelation 3.20, yeah. I think you if, if this church was was really his, he wouldn't be on the outside knocking, trying Correct. to get in. There's Correct. a different Jesus in those churches. Yeah. Try to tell people that, though. Mm-hmm. They'll hang you from the rafters. Um, anyways, okay, so he says, he says, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And now watch, here's a little nice little blessing. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Listen, for our fellowship with the Lord to, to take place, we didn't have boldness or confidence to come before his throne. Mm. Now we can. The veil has been torn by who? Jesus, because the veil was his flesh, and when he broke it on that cross, he paved the way for the fellowship to take place again. But but the Old Testament people did not know this. Yeah, They did not understand this. They weren't looking forward to the cross. They couldn't have. He's, he, he's laying this out so beautifully for us. Verse 13, uh, and by the way, it says there, with confidence by the faith of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, man, you should just... We don't got time to get into this, but you know, I think here's another word that I just think that people really don't understand what it means. What's faith, that? faith. Mm. I just don't think people really understand what faith means. You don't conjure up faith. You don't. You don't exercise faith. Okay, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith, Hebrews eleven one, mm-hmm. is what the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay, that's what it is. That biblically, that's what it is. All right, so let's just get that straight. All right, anyways. Uh, the, 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 say that again now. The hmm. evidence. Of things not seen. And the what? Substance. Substance. Substance of things hoped, hoped for. for. And Jesus Christ is our hope. And did, 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 what, did, what did Jesus say to Thomas over there when he, when he put his hands, he, he, he put his fingers in his side? Blessed is he that doesn't see. And believes. And believes. Yep. Yeah. Who, faith is in what? Faith is conjured up by what? The word of God. The word of God. Sure. <laughs> let's get the let's get the correct. Is it the substance of things hoped for? Yep. And by the way, Jesus Christ is our hope. That's not the way we define it today. Okay, hope. Hope isn't well, gee, I'm really wishing. I hope yeah. uh, fingers uh, crossed. Finger, <laughs> in the Bible, the biblical word hope in the Bible is it's going to happen. Yep. Confidence. Yep. Confidence. It's going to happen. Have patience for it mm-hmm. because it's coming. And, and okay. we get that boldness and that confidence, not by our faith, but by his faith. faith In whom we have him. boldness and access yep. with confidence yep. by the faith of, of him. him. Our faith wavers from day to day, but his faith, he is the one who is faithful always. What a, what a book. Mm. What a book. You know, unfortunately, what's happened today, guys, and and I I find myself catch up being caught up in sometimes too. Uh, it's it's so even the best of us can have this happen to us. Sure, we just need to be careful not to define words by today. And what I mean by that, you know, and 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 know that words can mean different things. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, if I was if I said cool, well, okay. You know, 100 years ago, most people would attribute the word cool to, oh, it's cool outside, right? Now, if I say that word, well, I mean, I would never say Chris is cool. I might say Robert's cool. I, I wouldn't say that either. You know, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? We can use words in sure. different ways. Our language has developed you know, over the course of, of time where words can just meet. Wine is a great one in the Bible. <laughs> You know, wine, unfortunately, most people, when they think of the word wine in the Bible, they instantly go to an alcoholic beverage. However, in the Bible, that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be, but there's sometimes where it is the freshly squeezed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't get, don't, don't look at a word and think you instantly know what it means just because the way you think you know what it means today. Grace. <laughs> 
<laughs> That'd be a justification, sanctification. Most people don't know what these words actually mean, biblically. And, and, and can I say this? And don't define the words based on Webster's dictionary. You define the words with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Let the Bible define the word. Because it will. God's dictionary. <laughs> God's dictionary, yes. And I'm not saying you can't use those things. They, they have value. Of course. They will help you. But, but don't just all of a sudden go right to that definition as emphatic. Make sure you can back up that definition with the Bible. And 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 you'll uh, you'll be in good shape. All right, we got a uh, we got about ten minutes here, so let me let me get going here. Um, so uh, he says in verse thirteen, "Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause, what cause? The dispensation of grace, the revelation of the mystery that Gentiles are going to be fellow heirs of the same body. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he, now, now, now look, here's a, here's a, if he's bowing his knees, what, what do you think he's doing here, folks? Mm-hmm. What do you think, what do you think's going on here? Yeah, he's worshiping. He's worshiping and he's praising. And, and, and uh, he's even praying. Because look what he says here. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Mm-hmm. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, le- length, depth, height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, it's body, God, bodily, Godhead. Yeah. Okay. Do you see what Paul's doing here? Look, at, if you were to go back to chapter uh, chapter one, and uh, starting around uh, verse number uh, seventeen, when 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 Paul uh, was sixteen, when he's he's ceasing not to make mention of you in my prayers, verse seventeen through the rest of the chapter, he's talking about the same things that God would give you the spirit of wisdom, the revelation of the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know the hope of his calling, you would know the riches of his glory, that you would know the exceeding greatness of his power, his mighty power. And by the way, uh, in verse 23, to know that he is the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him filleth all in all. Paul, Paul's Paul's kind of bringing this whole thing to a head here at the end of chapter three now. For three chapters, he's kind of been explaining this church thing, this this body of Christ that nobody else knew that is being revealed now, that is the dispensation of grace. This is what we are in him. And he's saying for us to be what we need to be in him, these are the things you're going to need. You know, you're going to need to have good health. You make sure you got some food on the table and you got some water and, and, you know, when you pray, just make sure you pray about, you know, the physical things you want in life. Is that what Paul's praying here? Mm-mm. Matter of fact, I, I would argue Paul never prays for those things. Not a one time. No, he knew that the riches of this world were nothing compared to the treasures in heaven. Yeah. And that's what he was getting our focus on. He was trying to make the point. Look at bro is in a prison. If anybody had the right to complain to God about something, it was Paul at this point in time. And look what he's doing. He's turning it all off of him and he's turning it back to Christ and his glory being uh, seen while he's sitting in a prison. Are we serious? Folks, the way we act toward church today, this dude held church right in that prison. He knew what church was. He knew that, yes, church isn't a building. I agree with that 100%. Church is the people. However, there's there's nothing in this book that ever states that people can't meet in a building. We talked about that in the end of chapter number two when he talks about the two different things. In verse 21 of chapter 2, he says, In whom all the building 
fit firmly together. All right, there's a building. Well, well, yeah, he's talking about the, 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 no, the very next verse, he says, in whom ye also are built. When we say that we are the church, I agree with that 100%. Verse 22 of chapter 2 of Ephesians says that. But verse 21 also says something different. We can meet in a building. Um, stop with the whole Constantine started, you know, the whole church building thing. No, he did not. There were church buildings long before Constantine. What Constantine did, I will give you this, is then he took the building and he started to put a whole lot of money into it and puff it up and, and put gold all over it and make it. That's what he did. But but to meet in a building is, is you're going to throw out chapter four <laughs> if you think that. Okay, because there's there's an or there there is a uh, order that God wants in His church, and I would argue uh, you need to have a place to do these things. And certainly, you could do it in a house. I won't argue that, but you can do it in a building too. And so, to say that you can't is is a, is an incorrect statement biblically. Okay. Um, okay. Again, uh, he says here that, that, that we, he wants us to be able to know the riches of his glory, to, to be strengthened in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, rooted and grounded in love. Listen, how can we uh, uh, be strengthened with the might by his spirit in the inner man? How can Christ dwell in our hearts by, here's the key, faith? Okay, how can we be rooted and grounded in love? How do those things happen? Anybody? By Christ Jesus, who's in you, his spirit. Okay, but how? What do you need to do that? To be able to do these things, what do you need? His grace, his word. Got to have his word. His word is what grounds us and roots us by what? By faith mm. and faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. You can't do anything that's found in chapter three without the word of God. And here is my issue with most churches today. Well, pastors always preach the word of God. Do they though? Do they? If you just drop one or two verses, and then for the next twenty-five minutes, while you had a fifty-minute concert, are you really putting the word of God into people? Are you really are you really uh, uh, granting them the, the 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 to be strengthened with his might by the inner spirit? Are you really uh, ruining and grounding them in love? Are you really doing the things that this book says that we need to do uh, in 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 those uh, situations? We're gonna find out in chapter four what our pastors are doing could be a problem. And and, and 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 we're getting there. And so the last thing I'll say, and I'll let you guys kind of finish this up, is verse uh, number 20. Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Listen, you can't do it without the power of him working in us. That's how we do That's how you do it. If the spirit of of Christ is not dwelling in you richly, by the way, okay, you will not do it. It will be by your own power and you will start creating your own kingdom. You can do a lot of good things, but it doesn't mean you're doing his things. Does that make sense? Definitely. And then it says there to close it up, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, Throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And, and I would say, as he's wrapping up the doctrinal statement that he's made now in the, these three chapters, really hitting it hard uh, in chapter three here, uh, that, that is the ultimate purpose of the church. Glory in the church by Christ Jesus. It's all about his glory. And we got to be careful what we're doing in a lot of our churches today because I'm not so sure it's God's glory that we're seeking. Yeah, and, and if you understand, just to bring it on a practical level, because none of this is just the theory or, or good head knowledge. Like, this is very practical. When you understand your purpose, you that means you understand why you exist. And that should dictate, it should govern what you do. And not just what you do, but why you do it. Um, and by extension, 
what you don't do and why you don't do that. And so it's not just our marching orders as New Testament believers, but it is why we are still here and what we do and why we do it. So we hope this is very helpful to you, but also very practical, not just in your understanding, but also in your 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 daily lives. And I'm excited for next week for chapter four, because I think it kind of goes part and parcel here, because we're going to be hearing about pastors and just the different offices that God has given through the dispensations. And then as we find ourselves in this local New Testament church, what what our pastor is supposed to be doing um, in the local church. And, and so, um, among other things, you're in, there in chapter 4. So, um, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, if there's anything uh, that uh, we here at The Revealing can uh, pray for you about, um, partner with you in your local ministry, uh, we definitely want to be a resource to you, um, a blessing to you. Uh, so, we make ourselves available, our, our website, uh, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, a Facebook page. Um, uh, email us. Uh, that all information is all available there. Um, we are going through here in, in, uh, at One Baptist Church a study on the Book of Ephesians, much more in depth. And so we invite you to that. Um, whether you are local or not, um, we still make those things available uh, free of charge um, as far as our <clears throat> our online resources are concerned. So uh, please um, make 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 great use of those um, and. and and use those for the Lord's glory. And so we thank you for hanging out with us, and we definitely look forward to uh, hanging out with you uh, next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world or email us info at onebaptistjacks.world.